Okay? And Joe B., if it takes a long time for you to get the title, you can just ask me in the morning what the title is, okay? Thank you. How many of you guys are glad to be back in school? I haven't seen you for about a minute, right? It's been a while. I don't even remember the last time I was here. Was it December? Yeah, because I didn't come afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah, then, then you guys were on break, and I was just on vacation. That really made it feel long, too. Thank you, sir. Okay. And are we live? Okay, wonderful. Psalm chapter 2, Achieving Your Goals. I want to share this now on our page. If you would like to do that, you can as well. Always got to let people know that we're in chapel. It's great to be back. I love being here. I wish I could do this every day, actually. This is like a dream for me. It's fun. It's more fun um, for me doing chapels and teachings because I don't have to grade. <laughs> yes. Achieving your goals. I think, honestly, I'll be very honest with you. I actually, um, I actually disliked grading homework as a professor more than doing homework as a student. Because when you do your homework as a student, it's just one thing you're passionate about. You do it. You hand in the assignment, you're done. When you are grading, for me as a professor, when you are grading, you have to endure through everybody's terrible writing, terrible ideas, bad theology. Can I get an amen, Pastor Jared, Professor Walker? Uh, you just have to endure through that. So it takes away a lot of the joy. But sometimes, you know, God gives people patience for that. Uh, the same thing is with counseling. I believe in discipleship primarily, but I still think that counseling has a role in the church. But uh, counseling for me is not a gift. It's not, it's not something I do well at. Uh, I do believe I can when I'm needed to do so, but uh, that's just another thing. Because why? You're really just hearing other people's problems. And for me, it's like Jesus is the problem solver. He's the answer. Go to him. Amen. Lord bless you. We'll see you next week. You know, read the Bible. And, so, and, and that's okay because there are people who are called to do counseling. I think both of my campus pastors, or our campus pastors rather, are really called to walk with people through that. And, and you need both. You need a nurturer and you need a disciplinarian. And sometimes people can carry both of those anointings. I think I know a good pastor like, um, as we know as well, Pastor Grogan. I think he does both. Uh, but those aren't just, uh, that's it's not a gift set that I carry. I carry other gift sets, you know, evangelism and uh, church planning. Things like that would be another kind of a gift set that complement each other, or pastoring and evangelism, rather. And so let's look at achieving our goals, and today we're going to specifically look at the ministry, uh, achieving of goals, and we're going to then apply it specifically to our cohort, to our church. So look at Psalm chapter 2, verse 1 uh, through 8. Let's see if we can get some context here. Uh, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Now, right here, I do need to get a little bit political. I, I, I feel we need to understand this. And I know I'll be going into another sermon series, and most of you will be breathing a sigh of relief, or some of you at least, and will be happy. Uh, but I really have to hit this because as we were starting our year talking about the church being the pillar and the foundation of truth, we are going to have to affect uh, and infect, probably both words can work here, our culture. And that's going to include government. 
Now, I don't know, and if you could zoom out just a little bit for me, uh, Joe B., just a little bit, thank you, but you did, you did right. If we could have timed this any better, I couldn't have on purpose. I mean, we're right at the middle of a power change in America, and things are happening in the nation. We're literally, we're having to address them in the church. Whether it was all of the issues of race with the Black Lives Matter movement, whether it was the agenda of the gay and lesbian agenda, the homosexual movement, whether it was socialism, Marxism coming into different political leaders like Bernie Sanders, or the women's movement, the march that just happened. I mean, doesn't that just right there get your head spinning a little bit? Like, okay, where, where do we go on this? Okay, what does the church say about racism, you know? Because I remember seeing an African-American on the, on the news shaming the church. He was a pastor from Willow Creek, shaming the church, saying, uh, Black Lives Matter is ahead of us. You know, we need to go to them, submit to them, literally come alongside of them and support them. And I'm thinking, sir, you are not talking for me. You are not talking for the African-Americans that I look up to either, Right? And then you got the immigration issue, like right behind that. And then it's the same thing. It's, 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 it's dividing us. And then the women's march with abortion, these rights to be pro-choice, to take your, your baby's life. And then now with the refugees and the Muslim nations, all of this the Bible speaks to. And the people are raging against God. Now let me clarify this, okay? First and foremost, we need to understand Nations are raging against God. If you find yourself in a place where Hollywood is raging and you're raging with them, not all the time because they may, even a broken clock is right twice a day, not all the time, but I would say at least 80% of the time you are on the wrong side of things. Just, just understand this. Get this in your mentality. Let me give you some things to think about. If there is... This, this thing on every news channel you can basically th see, and they're raging, Hollywood is raging, Brad Pitt is raging, right? Aston Kutcher is raging, HBO Bill Maher is raging, uh, the, the comedy network, the guy who replaced um, Trevor Noah. If Trevor Noah is raging and you're raging with them, I would say eight out of ten times you're on the wrong side. You've already been duped. You've already been caught up in something. You don't even know what's happening. Because what you don't understand is that when they're done raging about this, they're raging about everything else you stand for. They're, they're doing it in the same venue, but they're drawing you in by something that seems to be noble. They're like Meryl Streep standing against Trump or the Women's March standing against, you know, his vulgar words, which are reputable towards women, dirty and filthy. And if he doesn't repent, he'll go to hell. But then what they'll do is they bring in their agenda, their agenda of pro-choice. Meryl Streep is pro-choice. When she's talking about Hollywood being diverse, she's pro-lesbian and pro-gender uh, uh, you know, gender reassignment. And, and would you please shut off uh, the monitors, please? I'm getting, oh, oh uh, the, subwoof, uh, the subwoofers. Oh, you know what? You can't do that because they're connected. We realized, totally forgot that. Thank you, please. Thank you. It's okay. So, so you, you got to understand that's what they're doing. Guys, do you understand it? That's what they're doing. So when the information is coming out so fast and people are jumping on top of it every single time, and it's a certain few, as a pastor, I look back and I go, how 
naive are you to what's going on here? Now, are there issues that maybe Christians will side with Hollywood on? And I was actually thinking about this on the way over here. Probably the last time Hollywood was, was outraged and needed to shake their fist, and I was actually with them shaking my fist, and I, and I was literally doing my best, and if you guys can think of other things, maybe you can bring it up to me. I'm not talking about obvious things everybody's mad about, but I'm talking like bringing attention to something. This needs our attention. What's Katrina? It was Katrina. And do you know why Katrina was a disaster? It was a disaster because of the corruption of the city. The mayor ended up going to jail and being indicted for embezzling the money he was getting for Katrina. My friend, the reason why the relief work and all of that stuff wasn't happening is because it was a poorly run city. And yes, the federal government could have done better, and we set up all of these systems in place, but as you look back, it was the mayor of the city, and I lived in New Orleans, I'm telling you the truth. This, and now he's just, give me, is he in jail now, or was he uh, brought up on charges? The mayor during Katrina, please. And I go, Kanye West, thank you for your help. But I mean, that's the only time I can remember. Now just ask yourself this question. The nations are raging right now. What are they raging about? What are the nations raging about? Let, let, let's go through the different things. Well, before we get to America, what, what is the Middle East right now raging about? Are they raging about how Christians are being treated right now? Are, are, are they raging about how the Jewish people occupy the smallest plot of land in that entire region? and yet continually have people oppress them, try to drive suicide bomb cars through there, stab innocent people, like just literally stabbing old women? Are they raging about that? Are they raging about the sex trade in northern Africa, the slave trade all throughout northern Africa and Middle East? Is that what the Middle East is raging about right now? No, what they're raging about is American policies. That's what they're raging about. Let's look at China right now. Is China raging? Is China raging about the problems that the government has done to the people, especially the Christians? As a matter of fact, is there any nation you know right now that is raging about 100,000 Christians dying a year? Are there any nations that you see raging about the treatment of Israel and anti-Semitism? Are you seeing even nations raging towards North Korea and the dictatorship of all those tens of millions of people? No. But what are they doing? What do the sanctions of the United Nations keep coming against? America and Israel. And Israel more than America. The nations rage against the plan of God. Now, let's come to America. What is America raging about? Are they raging about right now the slave trade that exists in Muslim nations? Is that what the Women's March brought up to America, to American women? The sex trade that happens around the world and how Hollywood and all these people have blinded them with their own greed and, and they've become to, so numb they do nothing about it. So they were rallying women in the West with freedom to care about the rights being violated all throughout the Middle East and Northern Africa? No. 
What are they raging about? They're raging against the traditional values of Christianity. The traditional values of one man and one woman and the husband being the head of the house. And now they call that patriarchy. That's what they were raging about. They're raging about the fact that they want equal rights as gay, lesbian, and transgender, and bisexual. They're raging about it's their uterus and they can do whatever they want with it. Those are the same people now saying that we're treating Syrian refugees unfairly. Do you even understand what's happening in Syria right now? Why is Syria having refugees, my friends? Why does Syria have refugees? Because there is a Muslim caliphate trying to take over the world and another group of Muslims, a Muslim dictatorship. That has been the story of the Middle East ever since Islam has been around. Even after Muhammad died, there was two different ways to decide whether or not and how they would run the Islamic nation. And they've been fighting against each other ever since then. They have never even been at peace with each other. The Sunni and the Shiite, one believing in this form, coming from uh, ruling from Muhammad's lineage, another one ruling more from the priestly class, more from their traditions, not just from a hierarchy of the leadership of the of the genealogy. Where is our raging? The nations are raging. You need to understand where the rage is coming from. If you're going to fight for justice, do it through the kingdom of God. Fight for justice through the church, through the kingdom, with biblical principles. Do you guys understand? With biblical principles. Do not fall for the rage of the world and make it your rage. If you have to stand up and say apologetically over and over things against the church, I'm sorry the church feels this way, I'm sorry the church feels this way, and you're siding with Hollywood and secularized people, you are on the wrong side. Do you understand that? The reason why today America is in the problems that it's in is because the last eight years we had an anti-Christian president, anti-Christian, anti-church president who always, at every chance he had, capitulated to Islamic governments, Islamic mindsets, and continually backhanded the Christian continually made the Christian feel at fault for something in the world. Did nothing for Christian refugees. Did nothing for Christian persecution. Do you understand that? Also, a socialist-minded person, a community organizer who worked in Chicago and failed at bringing any major change here as also a president bringing any major change to cities like this. We now have a president that, now whether he's Christian or not, is capitalistic, not socialistic. Do you understand that? You have a president that is going to prefer Christian over Islamic because Christians have been rejected by the Islamic world. And I want to show you right now 
what it looks like, what it looks like right now in the Islamic world. Do you know how many nations are around these places that are going through war? And they shut their doors. All of these major nations around them were taking in the refugees, and then they stopped. And none of the wealthy nations, none of the Islamic prosperous nations took in any Muslim refugees. Syrian refugees. Muslim countries. I want you to see this for yourself. Look at the board, please. Where is the rage? Where is the outrage? Saudi Arabia has taken in zero Syrian refugees. Qatar, Burhan, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates has taken in zero. Turkey, Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan, and Egypt collectively took in a little bit over 2 million but shut their borders in 2015 due to security reasons. Do you not understand what the 1040 window looks like from an Islamic point of view? All of Northern Africa is Islamic. All of the Middle East here is Islamic. Do you know how much it costs to put in a refugee settler into an Islamic nation as a refugee? They don't tell you that. It costs about $1,000. Do you know how much it costs to take a Syrian refugee and bring them to America? $60,000. On average, $200,000 per family. My friends, stop raging with the nations who are stupid and full of the devil. This is the problem. This is where it needs to be settled. This is where the refugees need to be set up in. This is where the negotiations need to happen. It is cost effective, and it is the right of these nations to care for those around them. That is what they need to do. And it is caused by Islamic doofusism, you could call it. Their doofus belief system has caused this. Do you understand? The stupidity of Sharia law that comes from the Hadith has caused this. It's a false religion. Now, should we help our brothers and sisters? Absolutely. I believe in an Ellis Island immigration policy. Give us your hurting. Give us your broken. How did Italians get here? They weren't paid for to get here. Nowhere in our Constitution do we say we will pay for you to get here. Do you understand that? If you can get here on your own, that's fine. But if we're going to do that, we need to do that in a way that protects our nation. No other nation, and Canada said they will take them. They don't hate Canada because Canada only has 50,000 military people and does really nothing for anybody other than themselves. Every now and then they partner with the UN. They hate America because America sides with Israel. Do you understand that? When they planned 9-11, they planned it years in advance. They are not stupid. If one slips in, one can bring in a dirty bomb. One, you have to protect your borders. Now somebody says, well, what about the southern borders? What about Central and South America? Let me ask you a question. Why do these nations rage? 
because their governments suck. Is that not true? Why do you want to come here? Because your government's terrible. Well, let me ask you something. How has our government been run? How has it been run for 50 years? How did my grandparents vote and run the government as a socialistic nation where you could come in illegally? Come on, somebody. So why is it people who are not even citizens here want to protest here about our government when it's their government that sucks? Go back to your government and protest them. Go protest Mexico. You have land. You have resources. You have people. You could be just like Texas. You could be just like California. Why don't you have any wealth? Why don't your people have the same things that Californians have, that Texas's, Texans have? Right? Because your government sucks. That's why it's terrible. And then when people say, well, what about Israel? What about Israel? The refugee's a stranger. Listen to me. If you were an Egyptian traveling with Israel, the first thing you had to do was to say the Shema and deny Amun-Ra as your God. So this a country is not a theocracy, so stop using Old Testament scriptures because if that was true, no other religion would be even allowed here ever unless you claim Christ. So it's stupid to bring to us these scriptures that say what Israel had to do. You could not be a citizen of Israel waving a flag in their nation of Egypt. You would be stoned to death. You come as a stranger. You deny all of your gods. You throw away all of your idols. You confess our God is the only God, and you obey this law accordingly or you die. So stop using Old Testament refugee scriptures. And any Christian you see do that is just showing you their naivety. Well, look at this. They don't know those. That was a theocracy. Are you understanding? You die in Israel waving the Egyptian flag. You die in Israel praying to another god. America is not a theocracy. It doesn't apply. Does kindness apply? Absolutely. What is the kindest thing you can do for Syrians right now? Preach to them the gospel, rebuke all the Muslim nations around them, and have them resettle in lands, and then help arm them to fight these people. Instead of sending all of their men out of the country, you arm the men to fight. We fought in civil war to have this nation. We fought in revolutionary war. We didn't run to someplace else. You the men, you stay, you fight ISIS. Stop running as cowards. That's what they want to do. They want to spread those refugees out of that land so they can take it and occupy it and it be an empty land. Those men should stay and fight. These Muslim nations should be fighting for them. Jordan, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, they should be helping them. They send them money, some of them, and some of them have taken them, but now they have stopped because of their own security reasons, and most of these rich ones, these prosperous ones, have not taken any in. Why do the nations rage? Why do Marxists rage? Why do Muslims rage? 
They are unified against Christianity and against our values. Marxism and Islam work hand in hand to tear down the values of Christianity and the Judeo faith. The Ottoman Empire sided with Germany for the Holocaust. They tried to eradicate Jewish people. Do you understand that? Look at Axis of Evil, Ottoman Empire. What side did they choose? The world is a mess today because people are raging against God. We owe them our Christian worldview. You owe your neighbor your Christian worldview. The Christian worldview is what will change this world. And so when people want to talk about what they're upset about, what they're raging about, and it sounds like what Meryl Streep is raging about, and it sounds like what Ugly Betty, the actress who, who spoke at the Women's March, is, is raging about. And it sounds like what this person is raging about. My friends, it's absolute stupidity. No one was even paying attention. Just to hit on what we're talking about right now, no one was even paying attention when Obama did the same exact thing because even though he capitulate to Islam, he's not stupid. He at least knows if I destroy my own country, I don't even have a country. And so he's the one that chose these nations and put a ban on them. It's just being enforced now. Even other Muslims know that the rich Arab nations have pushed them out. Other Muslims have been criticizing this for years. Darn it. Open the door to Syrian refugees, you apathetic bums. Rich Arab countries to the European Union. Muslims have been, who have been complaining about this. Where did the double standard come from? Why is it America is always looked to supposed to do something when other people don't? Where is that in our Constitution that we were the world's policemen? Or do you understand that? I do believe in Ellis Island immigration. What that means is you can get here. If you can get here, we'll take care of you if you be a citizen. I believe that. I still believe that. I don't owe to pay you to get here. I don't owe you that. I don't owe to pay you to get here. And if now we're paying people 60000 to come over, why don't I pay the, the ones in North Korea? Why don't I pay the Coptics in Egypt during the Arab Spring who were, their churches were being destroyed? Why don't we pay for the Christians of Pakistan? All this nation, all of the Christians suffering here. Don't you understand? Our Christians have been suffering here. Meryl Streep doesn't care. Ashton Kusher doesn't care. They care about Aleppo because the Muslims have partnered with them to make us look stupid. Look at the atrocity. Look at America over here. We are only over there because of your demonic religion. Your people are suffering because your prophet heard from a demon. That's why you're in the problem that you're in. And they are using, they are using true concerns Christians should have towards the world. I am concerned about the hurting. I am concerned about the poor. I am concerned about these nations. I've been concerned about these nations a long time before any of these liberal Hollywood stars, uh, stars gave a, a rip about them. I cared about them. Are you listening? I've been praying for them for 20 years. 
because they believe in an ideology that tears apart freedom. And yet now, now we're going to rage over some misunderstood immigration bill. Where was the rage over all the Christians dying? Why doesn't the news cover that? Why doesn't the news, why doesn't Ashton Kusher or one of these guys come up with one of these bracelets that say, pray for Christians? Every time they open their mouth in rage, they show you their worldview. Stop buying it. Stop listening to it. There should be a check in your heart that if you hear someone raging and they're not a Christian, the first thing in your heart should be, are they using this to rage against God? Because Psalms 2 says they're raging right now. Meryl Streep is raging right now. The leader of the Muslim Women's March is raging right now. The three lesbian founders or the two lesbian founders of the Black Lives Matter movement are raging. They're raging against God. Hillary Clinton is a God-hater. Obama was a God-hater. Now you say, Pastor, what do you know about Trump? All I know about Trump is he's a God-fearer. He at least says some things and does some things. Now, whether or not he's a true righteous king or a wicked king, I have no choice but to work with the words that he says. At least he's not a demonic-filled president believing that you can abort babies and murder them at 20 weeks in the womb. And if you say that's not a defining issue, you are spiritually ignorant. If we can't even start with where we define a life in the womb, there's no other discussion. People say, well, well, yeah, okay, well, Obama believed in abortion. Hillary wanted to make partial birth and late-term abortion a regular thing. Okay, well, let's talk about the other things. There is no other thing. You have showed me your demonic influence. You have told me you believe in infanticide. What other discussion am I to have with you? And then they want to ridicule the Christians and say we don't believe in adoptions. It's their governmental policies that hold back Christians from adopting. We now have to have third parties start to have these children so that they can be affordable for parents to adopt. I can't even afford to adopt right now. Such a devil's lie. A devil's lie. We are adopting. We are doing foster care. Christians are trying to do it. I talked to a family that's, that they, many of them talk about it being easier to go overseas and do it. I had another family that I talked to who had did it from the foster care, which is supposed to be one of the least inexpensive things. But the foster care has belabored this Christian couple for two years, meddled, and continued to make it almost impossible for them to live a normal life. It's just stupidity. Why are the nations raging? What does Psalm chapter 2 say they're raging about? They're raging against God. They're using it as an excuse to be against God. Right now, listen to me. Right now, 
if Syria was a peaceful nation in the sense that Iran is a peaceful nation, who is still at, at unrest? Who still suffers? The Christian. Do you not understand that? The Christian still suffers. They're suffering right now in Iran, and there's no civil war. They're suffering right now in Saudi Arabia. They're suffering right now in Kuwait. They suffer. Oh, but there's no civil war. You hear about them getting butchered. Their villages set on fire in northern Africa. Nobody cares. Nobody says anything. Nobody rages. No military forces are sent out there to protect them. My friends, wake up to why the nations rage. They're raging against God. And there may be some true concerns against Donald Trump, and I will be there to put those things on the word of God. But my friends, all I have seen is what we should have been doing a long time ago. What vice president? Was Joe Biden standing against abortion? We had a vice president stand against abortion. Now you listen to me. If I'm a prophet called to this nation, and that's a king in charge, I don't know if he's a Uzziah. I don't know if he's a Hezekiah. I don't know if he's a Uriah. I don't know. But if he stands against abortion, I'm supposed to say, well done. If he says, I will stand for Christians and protect us, what am I supposed to say? Well done. My friends, the world has duped us into believing that Trump is our enemy. But they are using it as a disguise to divide us from their socialistic Marxist attitudes. Because what they dislike about Trump. Get rid of all the dirty language. Get rid of all that stuff. What they dislike about him is what they dislike about you. And he may make compromises with, with uh, uh, gay and lesbian and things like that. That's another discussion. But the point is, is that what they dislike about him is what they dislike about Christians. And that's why when we show you that African-American man at an L.A. march, it's no longer about black and white anymore because the moment a black person starts to say what we're saying, now you're part of the problem. You're, you're an oppressor too. And that's why when we show the woman at a woman's march, the moment she says, what about unborn women, they yell at her, they put her down because now she's an oppressor. It is their lie and their myth to make you feel like you are being oppressed by Christian values. You are being oppressed because you can't choose to murder your own baby. You're being oppressed in the hood because you can't walk down the middle of the street and sell drugs whenever you want. That's why the moment that the black cop woman, black woman, was shot by a black man, you don't hear anything from the Black Lives Matter because it doesn't fit their socialistic narrative. Black criminals kill more black people than anybody on this planet. So what is the problem? White, black, cop? No, the problem is a wicked heart inside a black man or woman. Same thing with any other race doing what they do to each other. A wicked heart. Why does a white man beat a white wife? Because he has a wicked heart. 
Why does a black criminal point blank kill a black cop? Because he has a wicked heart. That's why. And that's why when you look at majority of police officers support conservative values. Majority of military support conservative values. And a bunch of social workers who hide behind their little desks, who have never stepped out on the street at 12 at midnight watching guns fire, have no idea what it's like. I've worked in the inner city. I've watched women beat each other in front of me, girls beating each other with no remorse. I've watched men jump each other with chains and with bats, no remorse. I don't care what color does that. That's wicked. Own up to it. Repent. It's wicked. It's wickedness. And so the nations want to rage. What are they raging about? If every cop was the perfect cop in this city, if every cop did everything perfect, there would still be 200 people dying this year. 300, 500, 700. There would be hundreds dying this year until we wake up. If every man was polite to his wife, if every marriage was ideal, there would still be an abortion, what, every 3.5 seconds in this nation? Patriarchy is not the problem of why women want to abort their children. The police are not the problem to why there's a wickedness in the land. When the African-American was in the South, when he was there, when the times of the civil rights time with Thomas Gross and his father and these people, they were not criminals. Their young people obeyed their mother and father. Their family unit was stronger in the 50s than the white families went to church more regularly and even to this day are more susceptible, they say, to discipleship. Because of what the black church did. And now we're going to say that black lives matter. We're going to rage with the world and say they need to tell the church what to do. God have mercy. Not this church. Not the black men I follow and listen to preach. Not the men of God who I've seen walk in integrity. And the same ones who are behind that are the same African-American men that stood there in Planned Parenthood's parking lot and blessed them. And I thank God for awesome pastors like Pastor Clenard who said these men are not only reprehensible to the black race, they are Christian heretics. No different than white heretics who said we can be Christians and own slaves. You are not only a disgrace to the human race, you are a heretic. A heretic denying infallible truth through the Scripture. So why do the nations rage? They rage, as the Bible says, because they want to break off the chains and throw off the shackles of God. That's why they rage. Listen to me. If we left every single Muslim country right now, they would keep fighting and destroying themselves. They would do it. The very fact we're there trying to help them is a mercy and a grace to them. Now, people may say, what about Russia and what about other countries that get involved and have other, have other agendas? That's up to them. And if there's things going on in America with other agendas or oil or whatever, then let that be exposed. But my friend, if we were occupying land, why don't we own Iraq right now? 
If we were, if we were a place, a nation taking over land, then why don't we own Afghanistan right now? If we were a colonizing people, why haven't we colonized them? Our brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces and nephews have died there, and we have nothing to show for it other than handing it back over to them to destroy themselves because they follow a demonic religion. Iraq could be at peace right now. Afghanistan could be at peace right now. The dictator is gone. They could have voted in a constitution similar to ours. All of their wars could have been ended. Why are they still fighting? Because they fight against each other. The nations are raging against Christians. Nations are raging against Christian values. And Marxism, postmodernism, and Islam have joined together to fight on the college campuses, through the media, and through the entertainment, to convince you that what you do with God is a chain and a shackle to them. How dare you? How dare you prefer Christians now? How dare you stop taking in all the Muslim nations? How dare you? How, how dare you say that marriage is one man and woman? How dare you say? How dare you say that a woman can't kill her own baby? How, how dare you say that racism isn't a big problem in America? How dare you say that patriarchy isn't a problem in America? How dare you say that corporatism is not a problem? You see, they, they want you to think if you believe in capitalism, corporatism, if you believe in the ability for companies to become big, if you believe in a pro-life, if you believe in pro-secondment, all of these things, you are an Islamic phobe. You are a homophobe. You are an oppressor. You are all of these things. Never would you have seen so many people pray at Hillary Clinton's inauguration. Prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. Men and women of God praying for our nation. When you have a black woman like Omarosa, and I always think she's a little cocky, but when you got a black woman like Omarosa on The View and white women are trying to convince her that she's working for a racist, you know you are dealing with Oompa Loompas who know nothing. If the only argument you have is you're an Uncle Tom, if the only argument you have is you're an Islamophobe, then you are not arguing intelligently anymore. Tell me the facts. Tell me the facts. Come on, tell me the facts. Okay, let's talk about Muslim refugees. Tell me the facts. How many has United Arab Emirates taken? How many? Zero. How many has Saudi Arabia taken? Zero. How many has Qatar taken? All rich oil nations. How many has Kuwait taken? Didn't we protect Kuwait? Kuwait right now should be forced to open up its door and $1,000 per person relocate in Kuwait and you pay for it out of all of your oil money because we protected you from one of your own dictators trying to come steal everything you have. You owe us that. Pay us back right now and take care of Syria. You don't hear nobody talking about Kuwait right now. You don't hear nobody talking about the United Arab Emirates right now having all the luxuries, all the luxuries that these sheiks can spend their money on. The largest building in the world, the largest indoor snow mountain in the world, the largest man-made island in the world, the largest, all of that. They've taken in zero people. 
And you tell me our president has a problem because he says, I want to take 90 days to figure out what in the world this other president was already on himself. Even he knew we needed to restrict places. It's redonkulous. Absolute stupidity. I know I may not make a lot of friends with this video, but at least you'll understand something. I'm raging because I have holy anger. They are coming for you. They are coming for your rights. If they could get you to stop teaching your children God-given gender identity, they will. They are already telling our military right now, you better call that woman who's dressing up like a man by her man make-believe name. They're already telling them in the public schools, you're a public school teacher, little Jane wants to come in and be called Jim. You better call her Jim or we'll fire you. You're a Christian scientist, you better teach these kids they came from a monkey, an animal, over periods of time. Because if you teach creation, we will fire you. You, tell, you talk about in American history, you talk about American history that it fought Islam in the Barbara Wars as one of its first wars. You talk about how the Marines used to have to put on leather neck braces so they wouldn't get beheaded. You talk about the history of black slave in slavery, enslaving themselves in Africa. You talk about the Christian history of this nation, how those Christian men died in the Civil War. We will stop you. You tell the history way we want you to tell the history. We are here as a pillar of truth to this culture. Every race is from, the, every culture is from the human race. There are no multiple races. And there are no multiple kingdoms here. We are all the kingdom of God. We haven't even had a chance, my friends, to even get to the points of disagreement. Now, I believe in education free choice. Somebody says, I believe in teachers union. There's no good or evil there. There's no communist Marxist thing there. Maybe there could be some thoughts about that, but I, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe there's a good Christian man that says, I like the unions. Another good Christian woman or man says, I like free choice. Good, okay, let's discuss it in the public square. We're not even to that point yet. We're to the point where every time somebody's brought into the office that disagrees with the Marxist liberal agenda, they are called every terrible possible thing you can imagine from the Board of Education to our Supreme Court choices. And then I've heard people say that Pence believes in electrocuting gays to transform. That is so stupid. He doesn't believe in electrotherapy. You know what he believes in? He believes in conversion therapy. He actually believes you can be born again and become a new creation. The same ones that hate him for that hate him for this. Listen to them spew it. Just read their Facebook posts. It says it all in one. He's this, he's that, they're this, they're that. And you're like, hold on, first of all, all of this other stuff is nonsense. But the stuff you're even talking about is what Christians believe. Christians believe, true Christians believe that abortion is murder. And that means if when we make it against the law, you want to go in a back alley and murder your child, you get dealt accordingly. Try to murder an unborn baby in someone else's womb and see what happens.
Mic drop. Try to murder some you try to murder your neighbor's unborn baby right now and see what happens. But yet you can murder your own baby. We are so twisted in this culture. We are so messed up. We, we are raging with the world as fools. God have mercy. The one enthroned in heaven laughs at us. Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger. Have I rebuked some, some things in my anger today? Amen. And terrifies them in his wrath. And I don't have wrath to pour out. Saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the end of the earth your possessions, your possession. My friends, we have to have freedom in America so that we can continue to preach as we're preaching now. You don't want it to be taken from you. I know we say persecution grows the church, but it comes at a cost that you have never seen before. You don't understand the pain of what will come upon this culture when we put down the church. You have no idea. You have no idea what it's like. Most of you have never read the book by, by uh, Richard Wombrandt, Tortured for Christ. You have no idea what it looks like. You have no idea what it feels like to be stripped from your family as Christian leaders because that's who they'll go for. They'll take the, what do you think they do in China right now? They take the house church leaders. They take them from their family. They brainwash them. They mentally, physically torture them. What do you think they do in Iran right now? Listen to the two girls' testimony who got out of Iran by the help of everybody going to a senator, banging on every door they could to finally get them rescued. How many more do you think would come out of Iran if we actually cared about the suffering there? Hundreds of thousands of Christians would say, here I am. I'm suffering here. Re-education training, torture, the nation's rage. And God is saying, pray for the nations. Pray for their conversion. Pray for their repentance. Send forth your laborers. Send forth your children. Dick Brogdon with the Live Dead movement. I mean, just listen to it. We live as dead in Christ. I mean, as, as dead in the flesh, alive to Christ. What do you think it's like in Egypt right now? We got Egyptian missionaries. Do you think they can stand on a corner right now and protest women's rights, women's anything? My friends, Quran, Surah 334, make sure that's the right surah, says you can beat your wife. You own your wife. My friends, wicked regimes are trying to infiltrate our young people's minds. When you see the leader of a woman's march being Muslim, and you see the leaders of the black movement being lesbian, and you see the leaders of what almost got voted in being socialists, Bernie Sanders full-blown, if not uh, Hillary Clinton, halfway there, my friends, you are on the verge of what everything was crumbling about during the time of World War II. The world will go back to that if we don't remember our history lessons. While all these kids are out doing their skateboarding, while everybody's trying to be a reality star, all of this is happening. People have agendas to change our nation to what it never was. 
That's why when you hear people say things like, America needs to do this, America needs to do that, it has nothing to do with what's written in our Constitution. It has nothing to do with what we've done before in times past. It's a rewriting of our history. It's a rewriting of our fundamental principles. It's a changing of what we value most. Is it Surah 334? Which Surah is it? Surah 434. My friends, let us wake up. You're called to be ministers in this world. You're called to know the difference. You want to rage and get mad. You feel people are being treated unfairly. That's fine. Go ahead. You just be careful you don't throw the church under the bus. You just be careful you don't start throwing godly principles under the bus. You just be careful that the people you're getting information aren't godless, who could care less about you, who only want to invoke or provoke you, provoke you to class warfare, religious warfare. And somebody may say, well, that's what you're doing, Pastor. You're getting everybody mad at Muslims. No, they can come. They can come. They'll come when we say it's safe to come. And if we're going to do it right, we're going to negotiate with those nations and say, in God's, why, under God's green earth, are you doing nothing, United Arab Emirates, Arab Emirates, Kuwait? Why are you doing nothing? Cost us 60000 to bring them over here. Cost you only a thousand to settle them right there. Right? Even if the numbers were off, just think about it logically. Put somebody in a plane, bring them over here, put them in housing, or do it where they live. And I'll repeat this again arm the men to fight. The Bible says there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. Arm the men to fight. Go fight. Don't just run, tuck your tail and go head to Germany. All these men were leaving their wives and children going to Germany while all of our men left their wives and, and, and families and ran onto the shores of Germany. That's a true mime. That's a true mime, my, a meme, my friend. These men are saying, well, we want to make sure it's safe before we bring our wives and kids when these men were saying, we're going to go make sure it's safe by leaving our wives and kids. Why is it, do you think, when I talk to Christians from the world that suffers, they understand exactly what I'm saying. They understand. What, what do you think right now the Muslim ministries that we support and listen to, what do you think those Muslim ministries are saying right now during this refugee crisis? Do you think they're up in arms going, come on, this is such a bad witness. We're losing our witness with the Muslim. You think that's what they're saying? They're saying, you guys in the West, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. You have no idea what's going on, do you? You're asking for a Trojan horse to come in. You're asking for your nation to be torn down from within. Have you even seen what the Muslims have done in London? Have you even seen the no-go zones that they have made already in the refugee places that they've been in Europe? Have you even seen the crime rates of raping and of doing to women what has happened in these places? Look at Prager University and the research. Muslim background believers or people from Muslim nations speaking forth. Do you even know what's going on in this part of the world? Oh, but we don't discriminate against religion. That's absolutely right. 
But if your ideology is against our nation, we're not letting you in. We are going to vet them according to their beliefs and how they consider Sharia law. Sharia law, see, I, see, it would be like this. It's so simple. Does Great Britain have to let me into their country if I believe as one of the tenets of my faith that one day I will go into a literal war with Great Britain and kill their king and queen? Do they have to let me in? Sharia law is a literal belief taken from the Hadith literature, the narrations of Muhammad, that literally teaches they will fight and dominate the world. Do you have to let somebody into your country that says, I believe one day I will fight you and kill you? We say judgment belongs to the Lord. We say God will judge America and will preach righteously and kindly to you until he judges you. But he is the judge. If I had a doctrine, the Mormons had a doctrine of that too. We're going to do whatever we want. We went to war against the Mormons in America. We'll go against the war against anybody who thinks they're going to take us over. Because we're here to reign right, rule righteously, and we'll decide those things as they come. What is righteous? And when we sin with our pornography and our all this, we'll repent, and then we'll come against our president or you know rightfully protest for those things. Amen. For wickedness not for political incorrectness. Now, next week, maybe I might have more to say about the ministry here. But I feel that needed to come out. Let's pray. Joby, let's get ready to sign off. Lord, I ask that you will save this nation. God, have mercy. And I pray that you will have mercy on the nations around the world. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory, God, to love the unlovable, to help those, God, who may not help us, but for us to do it in such a way that honors you Bring safety and the best success for the most amount of people. In Jesus' name.